My name is Amit Natwani. I'm the uh, I'm a co-founder of ND Sleep, um, Canadian mattress company, uh, and I also serve as their creative director. Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio in session. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Kareem. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it, it's great to finally to, to meet with you, to sit down with you. Um, likewise, it, likewise. It, it reminds me of a, of a commercial. I can't remember. I think it was like a shaving commercial. You know, I like the product so so much. I bought the company with you. I like the product so much. I said, you know, uh, which let, was the company? Let me. Right? It was a shaving company that some guy who eventually it's ended a dollar, up dollar. No, he eventually ended up owning, owning I believe, the uh, New England Patriots. I can't remember oh. the dude's name, but this is years ago. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. There's some upstart uh, e-commerce uh, yeah. players in that in the shaving space. So I was curious. No, no, no. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, but we yeah, we were lot, we yeah. got in touch. Um, I, I, I we bought a mattress for our son, and uh, I, I took a picture of the box that came in. And, yes, yes. Uh, and and my sister tagged you in it for some reason, you know, just some random other brown person. <laughs> and and I go, who is this a meat guy? And she goes, uh, we went to school together. He's one of the guys yep. at Endy. And I go, really? Yep. You know, I said, well, he, you know, here's a very interesting business, you know, and and so here we are. Well, I'm today. glad you find find our our uh, little venture interesting. Um, we we certainly do, uh, of course. Yeah, um, we're finding all kinds of uh, cool stuff, you know, in between the lines uh, for us to, um, you know, to, to delve into with the company as we as we grow and as a, as the company gains, you know, traction in the marketplace. It's just growing. It grows in terms of like, you know, the scope of what you can and depth of what you can look into, you know, and, and all kinds of interesting uh, avenues open up. You know, as as the company starts to flourish, so we're super excited uh, about nice. what's in store. There's so many cool things uh, that are coming up around the bend, and we're excited for 2017. I think it's going to be a great year. Perfect, perfect. And I want to get more into uh, into Andy, um, but uh, you know, we we were talking before we came into studio. Um, we're, we're both uh, OG Scarborough. Oh yeah, boys. Um, you you went to you, I guess I don't know if it's a rival high school, but you went to Lamb, right? I didn't attend Lamb. I was okay. supposed to. It was my home. School. You walked through it yeah. once. <laughs> uh, I, I, oh yeah, we used to go. I mean, we used to go swimming there all the time. Yeah. And and uh, you know, it was one of our track and fields kind of fields. And That's right. Like you know, we, we used to hang out there and like walk around there all the time. Uh, but yeah, I I had a real keen interest in music back then. Okay. And, uh, back then, Sir Johnny. McDonald was a really That's right. yeah. uh, well-known mm-hmm. uh, school for, for music in particular and arts in general. Yeah. And um, it was just a really great school in, uh, back in that day. And, um, and, and so I was drawn there. And, um, and so, yeah, it was, I mean, neighborhood school, all in the same sure. area. Other side of the circle. Yeah, yeah, a little closer to uh, North York side. Yeah. Um, but it was cool. Great experience, and that's where I met Faiza. Yeah. Uh, and she kind of, uh, she was the OG back oh, then, yeah. you know. Uh, I think she was in her senior year, and I was uh, just a freshman, and uh, she welcomed me into the into the 
into the crew and um no it was great it was great having her there as a as a mentor you know for the nice. for the short time that we were there at school together where did you you grew up in scarborough or yeah yeah i grew up in that area um we kind of moved around from from house to house uh, a little bit back in those days, uh, yeah. but yeah, I, I spent a lot of my early years right in that area, right around Bridletown Circle, Agent okay. Court, uh, and then a little bit later, uh, in in, uh, in the middle of high school, we moved out a little further east uh, into Malvern. Okay, so I was traveling across Scarborough yeah. and going to Mac. I, I I ended up staying in Mac. My my younger sister ended up transferring to Pearson. Uh, okay. But then, but yeah, it was cool. Like you know, we made all kinds of new friends and connections out in Malvern too, and some got some nice roots out there. Nice, nice. Uh, and so, yeah, we still go out to Scarborough almost weekly. Uh, Your parents my, still out there? Uh, my wife's parents are out there. Okay. Yeah, so uh, they live right uh, by Scarborough Town Center. Oh those, no way! In those condos there, yeah. So it's uh, it's like you know, there's we were talking as well, like the weekend from Scarborough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lily Singh, you know, YouTube superstar. Yeah. From Scarborough, and then there's you and me. Is Lily from Scarborough? Oh, is she I from th- Brampton? I I have a feeling she she may be from Brampton. But correct me, I may I may be I may be wrong. Uh, you know, it's either Brampton or Scarborough, yeah. one of the two places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But weekend is amazing. yeah. Maestro, Maestro is Fresh another West. big guy who yeah. went to Lamb. He and did. No Maestro way. actually um, works a lot with another friend of mine named Dio, who's a who's a who's a great talent, a great Canadian okay, hip hop talent you, as well. You've got to put me in charge. So, so here's my maestro story. Okay, okay. So, um, you know, you talked about you know swimming. So, my son is when um, he was less than one year old. His his first swimming lessons were at Lamoureux. Yeah, yeah. And now he's back at Lamoureux taking swimming lessons. Yeah, we yeah. we've been to a bunch of different places. Tadpole. But, yeah, but uh, one of the places well, I'm not going to say the name because I don't want people going you know kind of creeping out in that area and seeing if they could find him, but. One of the places that we used to take Cosby for swimming lessons, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's there's a place where you can, you know, you, you sit and you watch your kids swim and stuff like that. Okay. So I'm, I'm watching him swim and, you know, you see parents coming in and out and I look over and there's a guy that looks exactly like Meister French West. I'm looking over and I go, and you don't want to stare just in case <laughs> it is, right? Yeah. And then, you know, no, no. That's pretty sick. And then, and then, you know, nonchalantly looking over again and this dude nods at me and, and then he calls me over. I'm like, wow, who is this guy? So That's I go crazy. over to him. He's like, How you doing, man? Uh, my name's Wes. Like, Are you Meister? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, He's like so down to earth. Yeah, yeah. You I've, know? Had a, I've had a pleasure of meeting him as well. A very, very cool cat. Yeah, and then for the next nine weeks, we end up you know talking for half an hour every Sunday, as 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 both of our sons in the same class, swimming class. Are taking swimming lessons. So cool. You know, him and I are talking. You know, he loves football. Okay. You know, so we're talking football. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about the stuff that he's doing with schools and all these talks. And yeah, yeah. Him, TV show. Um, yeah, Dio, actually, like, so my friend, that the, our mutual friend, is, um, you know, is big into that. He's big into motivational speaking. No he, does, he speaks at schools, uh, speaks to young people. And it's great because, he, you know, he's able to relate through music and through hip hop. Yeah. Uh, and speak to them, you know. With a cultural twist that yeah, yeah, yeah. that can really really connect and relate to kids and and um, you know he's done a phenomenal job he's a trail trailblazer for sure almost like you know coming from a position of where kids are looking up to like these rappers and musicians like man you know if he's telling me you know that I should do this that they'll yeah. listen to that more than they'll listen to their parents you know what I'm saying yeah correct well and, and it's, it's like in, that street credibility or yeah something. well and then hip hop 
you know, of course, we, we know. I mean, it's it's uh, it's obviously such a pervasive cultural yeah. force, right? And and you know, some of the sometimes some of the messaging there, um, you know, it's it's very real and raw as well. So mm-hmm. you know, you, you get the full spectrum of, of experience um, kind of projected through the music. But but um, what's great is that you know, the positive energy that that these guys teach uh, using hip hop and using the medium yeah, yeah. Um, I think is, is wonderful because it, it also it's not just for the kids also the parents they get to see a different side of that culture and mm-hmm. get to see you know the positive uh, like a, a very positive approach and how it can be used uh, to really connect and teach you know yeah. uh, younger people uh, and, and you know bring you know, like the type of types of topics they talk about, confidence and no bullying and those types mm-hmm. of things. You know, like it's such a such a great way to to connect with with young people nice. you know, through the, through yeah. the music they listen to and they they have an affinity to naturally. Yeah. You know? So you end up going to Mac. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Johnny McDonald, uh, the Black Scots, the Black Scots, how yes. powerhouse uh, football team back in the day. So sick. Um, you 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 played music. Once a black black Scott, always a black Scott. Yeah, right. That was the slogan. Um, yeah, it was. Um, I was I was really uh, excited to get involved in the music program. It was stellar, stellar. It was an award winning program when uh-huh. I was there, and um, so the chance to work with the faculty and the other students that were really dedicated, and we yeah. put in all kinds of extra time, and we used to go tutor at the feeder school next door, and you know rehearsals at 7 a.m. and then rehearsals at 7 p.m. till 10 10 p.m. You know, like our concerts, uh, Kareem, we used to pack, uh, we had a thousand seat auditorium at Sir John A., right? We had like, it was a huge auditorium. You know, there used to be like a lot of community events uh, held in that auditorium. And uh, it would be standing room only, like our, you know, our, our, our concerts and and uh, oh, yeah. our annual things. Um, their house, a, their house was band was, was always a lot amazing. Of hype back there, yeah, yeah, the, the, like, like all the time. Yeah, we had and we did jazz and we did all yeah. kinds of cool stuff mm-hmm. uh, back then. And, and um, no, it was just it was just such an enriching, uh, enriched school experience. You know, it really shaped my views on on arts and, and nice. education. And and uh, I, I mean, a lot of the artistic bedrock of like what I owe my career to it was like kind of it was interesting. In very formative years there yeah it like <clears throat> it, it's interesting like I'm on the graphic design like I'm a, I'm a professional graphic designer now uh-huh. um, <clears throat> it was interesting like all this like I was also the newspaper editor for Mac News oh no way <clears throat> back then so I kind of always uh, track back my experience yeah. uh, in graphic design like that was kind of like a an early foray like doing the layout for the school newspaper weekly uh, huh. and, and working with the you know that team I couldn't wait to get out of high school I don't know yeah, 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 I, yeah. I was excited. Different too, yeah. experience. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, University is obviously. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was like I couldn't. I, my last year of high school, they threatened to. Um, I don't know if they threatened to expel me or something. So I was literally, I my last year of high school expulsion. Yeah, I was only taking four <laughs> courses. Okay, okay. No, so I, it was at five. Yeah, and, and I had never been good at math, so I dropped math. So I ended up with four. So I was in school every other day. And they said this, and it was a semester, no, it was a term school. Term school, correct. And they said, you need to go somewhere else because um, you're only taking, you're taking a half a course load. Yeah. You know, four rather than eight. Yeah. But I only needed four to graduate. Um, so I th- I don't know if it was Lamoureux or somewhere else they wanted me to go to. Uh, so I Weird. said, listen, it's my last year, man. You know, I'm literally across the streets where I, you mm-hmm, know, so mm-hmm. yeah, so I ended up going there. I, 
I don't know. I don't know if it was my last year, you know, or last couple of years. I said I, I've had enough of high school. Yeah, yeah, you're ready for. Yeah, I need. Let me go to university and, and and something else. And then at university, I couldn't wait to get out of university. Yeah, yeah. Had the same sort of thing. What but, did you study in in uh, university? Where did you go? Where uh, did you go? Poly. I went to York University. York. Uh, political science. Yeah. Uh, Canadian studies. I wanted to do economics. Yeah. Uh, but again, I, I, math was really, really hard for me. I loved economics. Uh, I took economics at, at Mac. Yeah, yeah. Fell in love with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, just the whole, uh, you know, idea of, of 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 the role that 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 money plays uh, and, and and politics plays in power and mm. and how mm. things move and stuff just really intrigued me. Um, you know, and, and to this day, I'll, I'll 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 listen to podcasts that focus on economics mm. and and stuff like that. Uh, but you know, back to music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Faiza wanted me to ask you a question. Sometimes <laughs> I'll throw up that you know, here's my guest coming up, and and, and, and people will suggest questions. So Faiza, um, she says, um, and she always starts off with this question from your sister: <laughs> Do you still play the tabla? I don't. I do not. So you, I you don't gotta, own a pair. No. Um, okay, you got to give I, me some background on that. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, I was. I was really lucky. Um, there's an amazing uh, tabla guru uh, right here in Toronto oh, okay. uh, named Ritesh Das. Uh, he runs a Toronto tabla ensemble. He's, I think I've heard of that. He's the OG of OGs when yeah. it comes to tabla in in uh, in this probably in the country. Um, Ritesh, if, you know, if, if if anybody know who knows Ritesh is listening, uh, uh-huh. you know what I'm talking about. Um, so, I mean, I had the. I was actually one of his first students uh, in Scarborough. I remember going to like we were. Remember Bendale? Do you remember Bendale? Uh, I've heard of this. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. like right on Bridal Town Circle. We used to do. I'm remembering right now as we speak. Uh, we used to go to Bendale. Uh, my sister was te- learning Kathak from Joanna Das. Is that the school that they just closed? Possibly. Uh, yeah. Like on Bridal Town Circle itself. I'm not sure, but it was uh, yeah. It was like a bu- the Business and Technical Institute. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, we used to... At first, we were in, just in our home. Ritesh would come and teach us in our home. Oh, wow. Uh, and then uh, teach me in my in Why in the tabla? Um, I don't know. I, I think I always just... I think as a kid, I just l- looked at it and wanted to play it. Like, yeah. uh, maybe like going to going to temple, going to Mandir. Yeah, yeah. And seeing, seeing the musicians play there. I just, like, like had an interest. Mm-hmm. And my parents, my father particularly, was very... Um, good about um, kind of being sensitive to my interests and nurturing those things and, and encouraging me um, and so I owe a lot to him and you know he he always wanted to encourage especially you know things that were connected to our culture growing up here in Toronto was you know for him very proud uh, Indian Gujarati mm-hmm. father uh, and parents both I should include my mom in there she's also yeah. extremely encouraging um, they you know they always they always uh, encouraged that and, and funded that <laughs> that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, uh, back then. You know, now you think back and you realize like you know, well, all these things cost cost money and and you know these are all you, you take it for granted as a kid. But um, but it was amazing. You know, like uh, that those that early foundation in music, uh, learning from Ritesh, learning you know the fundamentals of of tabla, learning from a master like mm-hmm. him. Um, you know, I. St- it's so weird. Like we, I was so young. I mean, we're talking about like like ten years old. Yeah. Um, but you know, some of those fundamental things. Like I still like if I hear a beat or if I hear something. You know, if I'm listening to anything. You know, like I still think about. Uh, you know, 
I still think about music on those on those terms, like the bolts and the you know, like some, some the with the the way you know you used to always teach you. You got to be able to speak what you're playing. You know, mm. always like things like that that always kind of resonated me. With, like it was just, it's a language, it's a conversation. You know, like the huh. the, the, the uh, you know, and then the relationship of the 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 double player to this to the dancer you know to the to the classical dancer like all of those you know it's it's a whole dialogue and discourse hmm. and uh, it's such a beautiful metaphor right for for life yeah right? for anything um, so no and, and then of course then the whole work ethic side of things too um, so I think those early formative years in, my, in terms of building my love for music and then um, and then yeah carrying it forward. I was a bit unfortunate in my middle years and the elementary school years. I never got involved in like instrumental music at that. Um, oh, okay. I just kind of missed a step there in terms of like moving schools and changing schools. I never got a chance to play anything. And then uh, when high school hit, or sorry, middle school hit, um, that's when I got my first chance to like pick up. So I picked up the trombone, and that was my. Uh, was that your high school? That instrument? was my high school. That was like my main thing, and then I did uh, quite a bit of uh, vocal work as well. I oh, used nice! To, I used to sing quite a bit. And uh, and so that was those were two big passions of mine. And then I, you know, I also loved teaching the younger students as well as okay. I got older. Um, and then I played a little bit into university, and then then kind of faded out after that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's you know, actually, it's interesting now. I'm started still now searching for new creative outlets I'm, I've kind of gone back to music I'm sort of like really? tinkering and playing what uh, are you doing now just just creating you know just sampling stuff okay. and creating remixes and cool stuff like yeah, yeah. or I think that I think the stuff that I like <laughs> I'd like to listen to uh, you know just trying to emulate some of the the stuff that I like and I listen to or create something new just Neat. just you know I always try to push myself so it's like um, you know right now I, I work a lot in like visual design and graphics and art mm-hmm. um, you know pertaining to, to my business and day in and day out that's what I do so it's almost like I, I was craving another creative outlet yeah uh, and something to kind of just do something that's pure you know just pure creation pure art yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and not not for there's no like, business no, focus there's no, on exactly it. there's no monetary agenda there you know there's nothing there which um, which I love I, I, it's, it's like a free space you know like you yeah. all, I always like the idea of keeping some kind of a playground, you know, and, you, and if you're a creative person, you probably know what, exactly what I'm talking yeah, about, yeah. you know. Just, I mean, that's what this is for me. Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah. Yeah. This this Tuesday night experiment. Yeah. You know, it, uh, at Pacific Junction is sort of my playground here. Um, it's very sweet, man. Yeah. Thank I, you. I, it, it doesn't surprise me why yeah, <laughs> you like it. Yeah, yeah, it's a very cool digs, uh, very comfortable environment. Yeah. You, you went to, you have, you went to Waterloo first. Correct. And then you went to U of, T, U of T to finish off your degree, right? Yeah. Uh, well, point of note. Uh, okay. Just to be completely honest, I didn't I didn't finish my degree. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I, I spent a couple of years. I, I was a. It was a bit. It was a bit of a few weird years for me. Yeah. Uh, and just kind of figuring out stuff, which you know, it's not that I figured it out everything. But sure, but, sure. But uh, but you know, it's. What were you studying? I was studying so. I was. I had the ambition to go to school. I just knew I wanted to do something well, but I, I didn't really have a clear career focus coming okay. out of high school. Uh, I was thinking, you know, like you, I was I was thinking like maybe medicine, maybe okay. law, maybe you know those those were the two fields that were in my in my mind. Mm-hmm. So I tried to. Um, I was originally wanting wanted to study applied health sciences at Waterloo, uh, which is like yeah, yeah. Is kind of a specialized faculty and and you know 
leading me to a career pr- probably in the healthcare field. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I kind of, I was, I didn't get in. It was a difficult program to get into. So my first year, I kind of tried to mirror the program and I was going to make, make another attempt to get in second year. Uh, but I ended up, anyway, ended up not doing that and pursuing uh, more of an arts, liberal arts program. So I got more into psychology and sociology um, and and other liberal arts courses. Mm -hmm. And um, later on, this focus switched to sociology. Okay. Uh, I spent two years in Waterloo and then transferred to U of T for for three years. Yeah. And, um, And yeah, just continued kind of taking... My education was more in like in the liberal arts side. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, smatterings of philosophy, and I, I took you know random courses and like really? urban development and like. Is that why you didn't graduate? There was that's why. Okay. That's that's exactly why I didn't graduate. I was I the was, blocks didn't match up to fit a degree. I just I basically just took whatever I wanted to take. Yeah, and I didn't really feel I didn't have any like drive or purpose towards sure. finishing, and and that was also why I stopped because I, okay. was, I realized like I was completely spinning my wheels and wasting time yeah and i needed to to stop doing that mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 uh I, you know just it was just a, gonna be a waste of time yeah. uh and not really leading anywhere and and so what i mean one of the things i it wasn't com- a complete waste of time it was like uh where i channel a lot of my productivity and energy was into our uh, a, a school organization okay uh, like our south asian association mm-hmm. saa um, so during my years at U of T, when I transferred over, it was interesting because I, I wasn't really into South Asian, like really like actively in South Asian culture. Like, you know, my friends were like, you know, like a Benetton commercial, you know what I mean? Like it was okay, like, yeah, all yeah. over the place. Like it wasn't that I necessarily just had, um, a tight group of friends in the, in the South Asian community. Um, I did have friends, you know, who were Indian, but not all of my friends were. So you know, coming over to U of T was interesting because it was such so different. I wasn't living on campus. It was like, um, how do how am I going to make friends? How am I going to meet people? And you know, I'm uh, being such a social person. It was mm-hmm. like I kind of had this thing where I never wanted to eat alone. I kind of had this thing back then. It's okay, like I always wanted to like that was my way of connecting with people and being being a being an active social person and not not alienating myself. Yeah. Um, so at Waterloo was super easy. I lived in residence and you we rest, had set got, meals yeah. at our there residence and like it was like a it was easier. It was like 180 of us, and we all knew each other. It was like a big, huge family, right? Yeah. In, in residence. Um, and then you come you to could, the... You could just shout down the hall, like, who wants to play football? And, like, you know, seven or eight people uh, yeah. are ready to go. But U of T is, like, I was commuting from home. I was commuting from Scarborough down, downtown. How the heck am I going to meet, yeah. meet anybody? Uh, and, and, and besides just going to class and going home. Uh, have a much more enriching kind of experience. Mm -hmm. And so I was very lucky. um, There's a a family friend of ours. uh, Her name's Rima Gupta. Her father is Steve Gupta, a hotel. I don't know if you're familiar with. Builder. Is he a builder? Yeah, yeah. He's a a developer in a hotel. Yeah, um, yeah. I've seen that name around. Entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And uh, and so his eldest daughter, Rima, uh, was kind enough. uh, Our fathers knew each other. And so when she heard I was transferring over, uh, she gave me a shout and invited me to join SAA, Mm -hmm. which she was president of at the time. Um, And that was awesome. That got me involved right away. And I I met uh, tons of people right off the bat. And got really involved in that organization, and you know, 
she kind of passed the torch on to me after she left and, and to continue working uh, with that organization and growing it uh, at our campus, which is St. George. What was cool is that it was super developed at, at other campuses. Mm-hmm. It was it was the largest club at, at U of T Scarborough, one of the largest at York. I don't know about back in your day, but when I was at York, like, I mean... It was Massive, huge. These are huge, huge organizations at, at, at their. I, I think my cousin was involved at Ryerson. Yeah, and I went to one of their. I don't know. It was like a variety show of something. Yeah, there was an, there's an annual. And uh, uh, guess who was the MC? Is it uh, Russell? Well, I remember. Russell, yeah, well, we had Russell at Russell at Peters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I th- I thought, uh, of course, he wasn't a name back then. But I thought yeah. this guy's hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah. He did. He did. Did he? He, he? Was, he was doing. Yeah. He was hosting when we were doing it too. Okay. Um, I don't know if every time, but like at least a couple of times he was he was hosting, which is was, was amazing. Yeah, this was back when he was just yeah. on, the, on the come up, right? Um, <clears throat> I think he's a Brampton Brampton guy himself. That's right. Um, so yeah, it was you know, it was really, it was really developed at all these other campuses but St. George was so like quiet it was so hard because there's you know there's not a student center like where does everybody meet where does everybody mm-hmm. go this campus is expansive it's it's huge. so you know we didn't really have a home base mm-hmm. so how are we going to do it and so you know when I took over the club like we really tried to actively like just use kind of the same tools that like club promoters do you know what I mean like okay. we, we kind of we kind of were we turned into like club prom- club promoters essentially, and right? And like flyers, yeah, we all flyers, yeah, like just cheap flyers, but like started get, doing events, like make it really easy for people to come out, like come up to a bar, come out to an event, and um, and and just meet each other. And what we tapped into, like you know, that desire was there, you know, like the there was a real want and wish for people to to connect, and. We just needed to tap into that, you know, and facilitate it, you mm-hmm. know, and so it was great. We, we, and what's it's so cool looking back now because so many of those connections and friendships that were formed um, over those couple of years. Uh, I mean, the company, I mean, the, the 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 organization grew from about probably about fifty or sixty members to over three hundred members. Like, then uh, these are paid members, and our, our email lists were just in the thousands, and. Um, you know, we'd sell out every event that we ever put out, and it was just amazing to see the success of an organization and just that that want of the community to grow. You mm-hmm. know, and it's so cool. Like how many when I think back to how many marriages and, and close friendships and friend circles from and, there and, eh? grown, and businesses <laughs> and like all kinds of cra- crazy things. Like we were talking before we started recording, and yeah. you know, there's a couple of people that are like you know doing big things in Toronto right now and, mm-hmm. and beyond. Yeah. And, um, and that's actually, <clears throat> it's interesting. It's a kind of a, the groundwork of a bit of the ND story too is because uh, I met our, who's our lead investor right now, Rajan Ruparel. Him and I were actually co-presidents of SA at St. George at the time. Wow. And so Raj and I became friends back sure. then. And uh, our CEO, Mike, was actually attending U of T at the same time and living in res with Raj, uh, around, like in the same residence. And uh, they know each other from high school days back in Calgary. They grew up uh, huh. going to high school together. So there's some really cool connections from back then that have now kind of materialized into wonderful business relationships. And, nice. that, and that's so key, you know, like moving kind of changing gears to business. Like, yeah, um, that closeness that you have in that history, like, I mean, it's it's invaluable, really. It's like the ability to kind of talk with 
um, candor and, and just honesty and forthrightness, as you would with a friend. You know, like if I if I design a, a web page uh, for a new site, you know, there's no mincing of words about the critique. You know, coming back, and so you were able to really elevate your work and do great stuff. And and um, you know, we're so fortunate that like you know, uh, even past school, these guys had. You know, we all had kind of went on our own paths and did our own things. Yeah. But now we've con- kind of converged back and brought all of, uh, that experience to the fold. And with our, with the, the history of our relationships, and I think that's one of the core things that makes our that's company That's got to be great. like strong yeah. relationships for you got you know, to take a, a university uh, friend relationship and, and like move it into this, you know, now we're talking serious adulting in, in, in yeah. starting a business. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I think like, you know, there's so many... Um, founders and business owners that will kind of like it's it's almost like um, one of those one of those things that you hear uh, growing up is like you know you know keep business and friendship separate you know like you've heard like yeah, this, yeah. this is kind of a it's a, it's a sure. kind of a thing um, and you know I remember Raj and I having a very very specific chat about that specific thing you know like, yeah. is it like how do we negotiate this whole business and friendship thing and and so. Yeah, I think at the time, you know, we kind of both expressed that, like, that's an advantage. You know, we, mm. we really saw it as, as, a, as a huge advantage. Uh, and I think there was so much trust there and our, our, and, and knowledge about, like, us being able to work without ego and just doing what's best for the project and what's best for the company and putting our, our personal, yeah. um, you know, whims aside and our personal agendas aside and, you know, really... And it's it's not that you know nobody's saying that we've done it perfectly. Sure, of course if we're you know we're human and we're not enlightened being <laughs> beings. You know we're not yeah. we're not uh, rishis meditating in the in the mountains. Right? <laughs> um, we all of course we have egos and and um, and so but it's it's great because you know we can be, try to at least make an attempt to become self aware and try to um, shed that actively. You know and and do that consciously and and work together and make something forge something great. Yeah, that's that's it. You know, if we if we just get over all that and hmm. get to work, man, we can do some amazing things. That's and, neat. and that's what's cool is like, you know, now that we've kind of put that aside, it, it's like, let's see what we can do now, and that's the far more exciting. You know, the potential for mm-hmm. for growth and development is so much greater, and 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 uh, that's what's that's you know to me one of the great uh, impulses and, and motivations for for us to continue our work with Andy. There's there's a couple of important things that happen before before Andy starts, and um, you know from from my perspective, uh, number one you've got a family a family business that I believe your father starts, mm-hmm. uh, Dulhan I think is, is that mm-hmm. how you pronounce mm-hmm. it? Uh, uh, Dulhan. Dulhan, um, South Asian bridal boutique, uh, and then you also go to RCC. Yes, um, to study design. Correct. You know, because you're doing all this philosophy stuff at school. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, so, what so, am I going to do with that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me about these two. You know, <laughs> you know, first off with, uh, with with the family business. Yeah. Um, and and then, uh, I, I don't know if that closed down, but then you then yep. you go back to school. Yeah. Um, and 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 study design. Mm-hmm. Tell tell me about those two things. Yes. Um, wow. I mean, so Dolan ran for five years. Okay. Um. Uh, we opened it in uh, 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was amazing. It was it, so Dolan really was born out of 
a combination of my father who uh, my father's business my, I should say my, my family business my mm-hmm. father ran it and my, my mom and sister were always helping but he ran it um, he had a couple stores back in the day okay. uh, when we were still young and then um, my dad was kind of entrepreneur he, started, he had he had, he had tried so many different types of businesses. He had, you know, one of the first Indian video rental stores in the city. That's where actually he knew Suresh Gupta, Steve, Steve okay, Gupta okay. from. And so, you know, what, these are what, so many. What was the name of his video store? I'm uh, curious. Kaku's Classics. Kaku's Classics. It, Wait, no, what is these Kaku are the, this is a real old boy stuff. Kaku's right? like uncle or something? Kaku, yeah. I what think it's like mean? a slang. It's like a slang. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like one of these, like, you know, these guys were born in, in Uganda uh, and they had their their slang and like I I don't know exactly what it pertains to but yeah it's kind That's of like hilarious. yeah it's kind of like one of those like nickname type our our family had a video store business yeah. I get, and I, for the life of me I can't remember but it was on Birchmount and Danforth oh and yeah I, okay. I, and I think I think there's a uh, th- there's a physio okay a place there yeah where, where 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 it used to be oh man what was the name of that yeah. video store? my Anyways. parents had a restaurant back in the day it was called named after my mom minas minas curry curry palace no which way. is right next to igs which like now i'm friends with uh former owner of igs's son uh, um you know mm-hmm. it's it's crazy like we were <laughs> next door like my parents had a restaurant when i apparently my my not apparently my, my sister and i were still like in diapers you know yeah. we were still young um, it's amazing to see what our parents did, you know, like, uh, so you think you got your things. entrepreneurial sort of, um, a hundred percent. Yeah. hundred DNA from your parents, eh? Without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, just, just being around as a kid and seeing my dad, you know, just being his own, following his own path, you know, following yeah. his own passions and, and kind of working with the ebbs and flows of what life was throwing at him and, and mm-hmm. you know, working on what he could do. Um, yeah, and, and, and printing was one of the other core businesses no he way. did back in the day, which is, like, I mean, I'm a graphic designer now and I, wow. I distinctly remember, like, and he got me involved with computers and things like that very early. So, you know, growing up, this was always kind of a part of life. Like, after school, we he'd pick us up and we wouldn't go home. We'd go back to the printing press because he'd yeah, still yeah. be working. And, and you know, so my sister and I would be playing, and, you know, and, and mm-hmm. like messing with the, the drafting boards and like cutting and pasting stuff wow. and like, you know, just helping helping dad out. And then when I got good enough with computers, I started to do some basic, you know, jobs like wedding cards and mm-hmm. little layouts. And I remember there was one, uh, there was one a really cool job I had was uh, there was a big Jane uh, global Jane convention happening in Toronto and I got um, I got the I, could, I think it was my first paid job I ever had uh, was to work with the coordinator um, and, and help build out this 200 page souvenir magazine yeah, yeah. Uh, that was distributed uh, during the conference and um, so cool you know to be involved in those projects so I was young I, was yeah. like, you know, I think I was like you know 12 or 13 years wow. old um, and so, you know, just having like that had all those cool connections. He knew like, to me back then, like, and, and even now, actually, looking back, like he, he just knew, he knew everybody, you know, he was that <laughs> guy, uh, he knew everybody, everybody knew him. And, and, um, and it, it was, you know, I, I got so much, so much. So, so dad had kind of gone through a series of businesses and then he, um, had settled into, he had, he just done a few trips to India just for for pleasure, sure. like pleasure trips, like visiting uh, his his uncle who still lived in Gujarat, and, uh-huh. and and he would just every time he go, he went a couple times and he brought back clothes for my mom and you know her friends and our family friends would would just be would love what my dad was bringing back and yeah. you know kind of the next time he went it would be like 
can you, you know, can, here's kind of what I'm looking for. Can you bring something back for me? And it just kind of grew from that, you know, like he started going more often. He started enjoying it more often. He, he had always had this deep love for India, even though he grew up in, in Uganda. Yeah. Um, he had this deep love for India and uh, he always just got, I think he just felt drawn there. You know, he just wanted to go huh. there and, 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 and work there and, and do, do build that build bridges you know between india and uh, like mumbai and delhi and toronto and uh, so it, the business the home business grew to the level where he opened up a couple of stores and then um you know some stuff happened in business as, as it does and and he ended up contracting back into the home mm-hmm. uh and so that's where he was uh we were living in scarborough in malvern at the time we had a home store and it was so cool like this is where all the SAA presidents from all the different campuses, we would get together and yeah, these, yeah. Were, these, were, these were where we'd play our poker games, you know, <laughs> like weekly por- poker games and like all these guys will like remember like, I mean, the friendships and the, the stuff mm. you know, that, that went down right in that home store, like that Dohan home store wow. uh, in those days was, is amazing, you know, to see the outcome of all that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I remember even, I mean, Raj, Raj used to play with us back then too. Uh, so that's those were the, those days, and then um, I got a great idea from from one of the SA presidents. Um, you know, he kind of looked looked at me, looked at the work we were doing with SCA and the, so, the you know the South Asian social network that we were building out was uh-huh. huge. Uh, he's like, you know, your dad's got this business. He's like, that if you combine that with your network, like it's you're sitting on a gold mine kind of sure. thing like he kind of planted that seed in my ear and and uh you know you're obviously a great great friend and a great well wisher and, and mm-hmm. i took his uh he was one of the a guy that you know i trusted you know like and, and I, he was like an advisor you know sure sure and um and so i kind of you know i started thinking about it seriously and and um i was just working because i didn't finish my degree i didn't know what i yeah. wanted to do i was kind of just passing time working in a call center and i mean it was just just to make a paycheck, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, the whole time just kind of doodling ideas, you know, always just kind of thinking about what I wanted to do next. And, and uh, out of that, just kind of that idea of, like, the Dulhan logo and that I started just sketching out ideas about what I would do, what would a store layout look like, and, you know, just started taking it a little bit more, more and more seriously mm-hmm. and spent a couple of months just... Then, you know, working my call center job and then thinking about this on the side and then building, you know, I had a group of friends that were born out of that SAA president group that yeah. we ended up coming up with a really nice game plan to um, to open an actual brick and mortar store, take take what dad had built and, yeah, yeah. and open up a concept that was very different. Like we wanted to gear it towards second generation South okay. Asian uh, Canadians or, yeah, you know, yeah. like, and people in the GTA and, and really bring um, a retail experience to to the forefront that that really mirrored what what our normal retail experience would be for us rather than like that typical like back then you know if you wanted to go buy something like an indian outfit you would go you know you obviously your 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 parents would take you or you're you know you'd go with with somebody to somebody's house or you'd go to somebody's house you have to bargain you have to do all that yeah yeah. you know it was a whole different kind of beast Mm -hmm. and our whole vision was to just change that, you know, just refresh it and do something that's a lot more geared towards like us growing up here. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, reach like reaching a stage where we wanted to, you know, usually marriage is kind of that time where we were like, yeah. even if you're, even if you haven't really associated with South Asian culture, you're like, yeah. well, you're going to have a, a wedding. Yeah. Or nikah or, you know, so uh, you'll need a bunch uh, of outfits. You'll need, you'll need <laughs> stuff, right? And, and so that's when you're just like, okay, well, where do I go? And Dulhan became, 
kind of a, an amazing kind of spot where this, this was like, you know, we were putting forth this, this kind of new concept mm-hmm. and uh, we tried to project it through. This is where I really started to play with like the first delving into like branding and like creating, creating a brand and creating uh, okay. like an art direction and a vision. Like it was so cool because we got to do, we did our own photo shoots in India and we, you know, we did a lot of wow. our own stuff and um, it was such a joy like to, to, to work on projects like that. So hands on and learn, you know, like yeah. the learnings that you get from, from doing it yourself mm-hmm. uh, were, were tremendous, you know? And um, so we were, I mean, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. Like it was a great five years, and um, so you know that story had, a, had an unfor- unfortunate end. Uh, dad and dad passed away. He, oh. he was he wasn't keeping well. He had a heart condition, uh, and dad passed. Uh, you know, or the fi- we were in the fifth year of business, and uh, we were we had just opened our second location uh, in Mississauga. Hmm. Uh, we were only a month in, and I was actually there. Uh, when it happened, he was he was in the hospital. We didn't expect anything. Yeah. It was just supposed to be a routine day surgery, huh. and um, and I got a call, and um, it was just just tragic. Wow. You know, it was just a, it was you know that that moment in life, you know, where where everything changed. Yeah, and um, so you know, obviously there were, there were so many implications beyond business. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but business was you know on the topic of business uh that was something that we you know we i tried my hand at at for a while you know but it just wasn't the same without him and, mm-hmm. and i i realized you know with the help of of my uncles and, and a few other people that were helping me at the time that uh, the smart move was to just close the chapter and, and start fresh start yeah. a new leaf um you know i think obviously part of my heart had was gone you yeah, know and, yeah. and uh, my love for the business a lot of it was because of because of him yeah and so you know, I think looking back, I don't have any regrets. I think it was the. I think I'm very confident in saying it. It was the right move. Yeah. Um, I had so many calls from people, you know, just wishing that we, you know, the the Dylan was still around, or is there something like it? And sure, sure. Uh, it's it's always heart so heartwarming to hear, you know, from like I still meet people and like, mm-hmm. oh, I remember your store. It was in Richmond Hill and East Beaver Creek, and like there was Jaipur, the Indian restaurant there, and like my uh a good friend of mine Hussein Dalla who's become like a really like he's become a big time fashion designer now uh he had his first studio just just north of us uh I remember Hussein and I like you know going checking out the spot and like we used wow. to go hang out um so many friends and parties and like so many so many cool fashion shows and mm-hmm. stuff like that we did we you know the Suhag and the Kismet shows and all like yeah, all, that, yeah. all these great communities like it's such a great um network you know and like uh, it's really a small world when you get down, t- mm-hmm. you know, like to like everybody kind of knows each other. We all see each other at, at, the, at these fe- at these events and festivals. Sure, and sure. Like the Harborfront Festival. Um, yes. That uh, Abhishek and Jyoti used to do. Uh, Mathurs. I don't know if you're familiar with them, no, but no. but um, just really really amazing people working in, in on on the community side, you know, and um, uh, we you know Kira's whole Karasaga crew and like you know it was just all kinds of uh, great stuff uh, I remember um, just it was just countless just goes on and on and on what yeah. you know like some of the experiences we had there uh, during that time and um, it was it was amazing for me because I was I was kind of going from growing up not being that 
close feeling that close to my Indian heritage and culture mm -hmm. to completely being immersed in it, like yeah. learning the languages, like learning wow. how to speak Hindi, traveling to India multiple times a year, working, doing business there, negotiating, buying, you know, eating bambaji and like, you know, like just chilling, enjoying that, that life, you know, um, and working hard and, you know, working with my family. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not all great, but, mm -hmm. you know, like, it, of course, like, like anything, it's so hard. Sometimes it's very hard to work with your family, of course. Yeah. Um, but what I, I would never trade that experience for anything. Wow. Um, it was, it was unreal. So, so yeah, then transitioning forward, um, after Dulhan, I, I kind of needed to still earn earn a paycheck and earn money and you know obviously uh with the transition in life i was you know i it was it was really a friend of mine that gave me a call uh and was like you know what um i know you just need to kind of get back on your feet and do something she invited me to come and work at uh at, at moxie's um, okay, which yeah, is a restaurant. Yeah, restaurant, so yeah. I did the restaurant. I did a restaurant gig for a while. It was weird. I always had this weird server. Yeah, I started off as a server. I ended up becoming a uh, front of house manager. Yeah, um, great organization, great you know, great people at, at that business, and I, uh, you know, it was it was just really nice. It was a really nice stepping stone for me. Like was it I, something I to keep of, something keep yeah, busy. I always had this weird. I don't know why. I always wanted to work in restaurants. There was really? just something I wanted to do. And so, well, your like, parents had a restaurant, right? Yeah, so yeah. Maybe, that maybe that's it. what. That's what, I love food. You know, I have. I have a. You know, I love food. Food and food. Food culture. So it was. It was cool. Like it was really nice. And and um, you know, it was obviously an exciting, dynamic kind of atmosphere. Like it was a cool, like cool spot back then. Uh, it still. I think it still is. Um, and it was just a nice environment. It was upbeat, and and I was I was actually making good career progress doing okay. that, and I ended up becoming a full time salaried manager, and uh, it was cool. You know, that's actually the stage where I ended up getting married, and oh wow! I was, so I was still like um, serving and managing and and, yeah. and doing working at Moxie's when you know when I was, when I got married, and um, but you know actually that that changed things a lot for me too because it kind of put the put the restaurant career is kind of a, a different beast, you know, in terms of late hours and, mm -hmm. and, and uh, the, like shift work and things like that. And I, and you know, at that, that was kind of a nice transition stage, you know, getting married and figuring out like how, you know, life planning, you know, like life yeah, planning yeah. with, with the wife and figuring out what we wanted to do. And, and I realized, you know, long term, um, I don't think I was really making like full, you know, I could, I think I, could have been perfectly happy sure. doing it for a while. But I think in the long run, I would have regretted not going after my passion. Because I'd always been that. Like, I'd always done that mm -hmm. and just kind of gone for stuff. And so I think I would have felt like I, I had shortchanged myself by not trying, like, going back to school and trying. So luckily, lucky enough for, for me, my, uh, my wife was able to support Oh wow! Uh, so both while while I took a year off from working and yeah. went to school full time, yeah. And I studied our, at RCC uh, Academy of Design, which uh, now has become the Toronto Film School. And uh, it was a year intensive program, um, and amazing teachers. Like I can't say enough about that that place. Like uh, I think it was also it was the place. It was a good educational environment, and I think. I was at a good stage in life to really approach it in the right way. I was like, you know, school had kind of been a flop for me uh, in, uh -huh. in undergrad. And I really wanted to 
handle it differently this time and, and excel, you know, because I'd, I'd been a good student uh, and knew how to be a good student. Mm-hmm. And I had lost that, you know, I had lost that in, in, uh, in, in my later years of undergrad. And I wanted to reconnect, like we wanted to find that again and do it with a lot more drive and purpose. Like with a focus. With I wanted to focus and, learn you know, something that I could apply. Correct. And yeah. I think, you know, I always had this this feeling or this, this kind of, um, it, it was kind of like a notion that, that graphic design, it just it has so much influence, you know. And, and, and so I, I was drawn to the field. Okay. Um very naturally mm-hmm. and, you know kind of going even back to the printing days as a kid growing up I'd always kind of been dabbling and with Dolhan you know I was, I was always involved in, in what we were doing with our marketing materials yeah, and yeah. always very hands on and, and involved um, eventually I, you know I kind of taught myself some Photoshop and um, a good friend of mine you know taught me some taught me some some pointers and I was able to do quite a few things on my own mm-hmm. um, but then going to school was completely you know just took it to another level and you really learn like you know the professional trade yeah at least you get you get a good basis in it and then you real you learn that you need to continue learning uh because it's such a huge expansive uh great field uh it's a whole world on on itself Mm -hmm. uh and and so and it does drive so much influence and you know, it drives our, our our economy. You know, um, I read something great like graphic designers are the engineers and architects of the information age. You know, huh. um, we are in the information age, and and so you know the the way we receive information, the way it's presented, it's, a, it's very visually. Yeah, it's you know, it's so much. You know, it, mm-hmm. it stands for so much, and you can have so much influence. And I I always saw it as a tool for a business leadership, and I think that's the cool distinction there's so many graphic designers there's a lot of graphic designers that just you know they're sure. production work and they do logos or business cards you know and yeah but i always thought that you could do so much more with it you know and you can actually lead organizations with it and huh. that's really where my interest lie uh i obviously wanted to be very skilled yeah as a designer uh and have the chops but like design leadership and leading leading through creative creative leadership um, and building creative organizations uh, using I see using going outside of the box of what a traditional medium might be you know like you know your medium of your your art and your canvas but yeah. money is also the medium John Maida is a uh, well-known designer talks about uh, money being a medium huh. you know uh, like paint is Hmm. Uh, and I love those types of abstractions and and, um, and and applying design thinking and design approach and creative approach to a creative process to, to business development. Did you know what you wanted to apply this to as you're in school, or I didn't know not the specific project. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, at the same time, I mean, obviously, I think everybody who knew Raj was aware of what was happening with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we, I don't know if I was still in school or I just finished, but we had reconnected at some point. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you know, his involvement with Groupon and, and his success with that project, uh, with his, with a, he, he founded a company called City Deal, which was acquired by Groupon. Um, that, you know, it, be, it became pervasive knowledge. Everybody, you know, yeah. you, you would hear about that. And, and so, um, you know, you you were like you know somebody's has has having that experience it's just like 
I don't want to bug him. Like he's obviously very focused and driven and doing his thing. And then it just came, became a good time. Like some, somehow I can't remember exactly how it happened, but we, we were able to reconnect. I think it was around the time I was, uh, I knew he was based in Chicago yeah. and I was uh, out, of, out of school. You know, you kind of play, do a little bit of the conference circuit a little bit, you know, yeah. and keep your learning up, learning up. I still love going to con- uh, design conferences and there was one happening in Chicago and that kind of took me out there. Another, another family m- member of mine was starting a, a business there as well and I was doing a bit of freelance work. So um, it took me out to Chicago and got a chance to like sit down with Raj and that's when we started really thinking and ideating. Uh, and at that, t- at that time, I was working as a professional designer. I'd finished school, and, okay. and, but Toronto Film School, or RCC, had hired me back to be their in-house, uh, to work in their marketing department as their in-house designer. Oh, nice. So it was cool. Yeah, I got a chance to do like a, a one-off, like, create a, like a, a, a subway ad for them. And um, they liked the work, and they liked working with me, and they offered me a full-time job. And so that's what I was doing. Okay. Um, I was I'd just been in the role for four months mm-hmm. when when ND the ND project came to kind of full full life and uh, Mike and Raj uh, asked me to come on board. Okay, so I, so so let, let's get to this ND mm-hmm. ND story. Yeah, we, um, at, at the at the end of this, and and I and I think it's a good a good good place to to, to begin this story because why so there's there's so many questions so i'm just going to bombard you with a ton of questions sure, and you can sure. answer them in in any sort of um you know uh, or or order that you want and some of these are my questions other people have uh have submitted questions that that i was oh, wow, going to okay. ask anyways um but you know so this is a combination of of questions from myself uh questions from a, a a friend of mine Connie Crosby she's the one that said that uh, your TTC ads are working very well very cool, very um cool. and another one from a good friend of mine Dave Fleet who's a uh, I believe he's a senior VP at Edelman um so so these are a bunch of our questions um why mattresses you know what what was what was the opportunity that got you excited about mattresses yeah um Obviously, the question about you know how how the heck do you come up with a name called Andy? Yeah. Um, you know what's why, why did you think the way people were going to buy mattresses? You know when they're used to going into a store and lying down and picking and choosing versus let's order off of the internet. I know you've got that hundred day thing, but there's still something about once you order it and you've unwrapped it and everything. It's almost like okay, no, it's it's here now. Yeah. Um, you know, so everything from that. Um, you know, and and and, and to, to to you know go from literally working a server job. You know, you had that experience with with dad's business and yep. in your business yep. to to work in a server job to going back to school to yep. hey let let's start this brand new thing. Yeah, for me, I mean, a lot of it. I was very the, the stage I was in. Yeah, it was like. I was fresh out of school, so yeah. for me it was a new beginning, right? Like, so I had I was just four months into my first job as full time job as a designer. Yeah. So here I am thinking, okay, cool, I've got this cool job. It's like you know, it's a school, it's a design school. Mm-hmm. I get to be their designer. That's pretty cool. Um, I got to do some really cool work, even in the short time that I was there. Um, and and so I was I was snug, right? Like I was I was a, pretty snug. I was feeling pretty good, you know, like uh, yeah. feeling successful. Um, you know, I'm, now I'm getting to be a working professional as a graphic designer. That's pretty cool. And then, um, you know, Raj and I weirdly had, like, when, 
a lot of times when we spoke throughout the years, we were always just like, yeah, one day we should just try to work together. Just you one know? day. Like one day. One day. Because we, we were, we're buddies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it'll be cool to just like work together again, you know? Because like, we worked really well together back when we did. And, uh, and so, you know, it came up again. And, and then, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, you almost have blind faith. Like for me, I was, it's also a matter of being in a very fortunate position. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife has been a rock and she's got, you know, she had, had, she had a great job too, which kind of gave me that a little bit of freedom like to play. And obviously we were aligned on our thinking yeah, yeah, yeah. there too, but it was like, okay, like, you know, you worry about you wonder about risk, right? Like, sure, if I, sure, if I sure. leave this, and like, what if the project doesn't fly? You know, yeah, like, yeah. it's a risk. You know, like any any business venture, whether or not you have a, a venture capitalist behind you, is, is a risk. You don't know if you're going to get if your business will get traction. Mm-hmm. There's other team members involved. There's things out of your hands. There's funding is out of your hands. You're just there as a worker, right? Uh, unless you are bringing money to cash to the table, which I wasn't. Um, so, you know, with all those factors and all that stuff floating around. I think the overpowering urge to just work with Rajikin was just enough to catapult me into like just okay. just say I would have like you know we, we talked about a bunch of different companies because he's got several different portfolio companies and there was a few projects flying around at the time and this mattress thing was just you know probably his most exciting and compelling and you know huh. uh, idea and at that time um, our our biggest competitor Casper yeah. is pretty well known um, they were making waves uh, in based out of New York. They were making waves in the U.S., but still not selling in Canada. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was still really early for them. It was, like, in their first year of operation, but they were were becoming known, right? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, it was becoming a thing. Um, And, you know, Roger's based in either New York or Chicago at the time, but in the U.S. And, you know, obviously working in in venture and and working in in the e-commerce space uh through groupon like you become very aware of like you know now that i'm working in the startup space like you 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 know you kind of catch catch wind yeah of of, like the cool upstarts and what are the noteworthy uh companies that are coming up uh everyone kind of hears hears about it through the grapevine Mm -hmm. and so casper was one of those companies early days right and Hmm. and it was just so fortunate that um, Mike, our our current CEO, had had already been selling. He had built several companies to sell on uh, design for online marketplaces, and so he had already built up. And sleep categories is one of those categories that he had been working in. Interesting. And so the guys got on their horse. This is before I before I joined. Yeah. Um, uh, months before I joined, was uh, they got on their horse and they decided that they wanted to develop. Um, this concept out of out of Canada, based out of Canada, and okay. headquartered in Toronto. Uh, Was there a reason for that? Like, well, I think they just saw the potential of the idea. Okay, uh, and and this is where you know Roger's business, his senses, you know, like his sure. perception and his intuitiveness and his you know his awareness. Both for him and Mike saw the tremendous potential in this. When you think about the concept in general, you know, it's like. It just makes sense that, you know, like it was an industry that hadn't been disrupted in many years. It hadn't, hadn't really gone through many changes in, in several decades. Mm-hmm. It's a product that everybody needs. It's an expensive product. There was a lot of margin available in the traditional um Okay. In the in the traditional system, yeah, it was there was a in, there were inflated margins. There was gimmicky marketing. It hadn't really gone through that wave of 
streamlining that so many categories did because of the nature of the product, which is sure. mattresses. They're they're bulky. You kind of think you need to try it before you buy it. So there's mm-hmm. stores everywhere, and like I think there's even documentaries on on how many mattress stores there are in the U.S. Like there's it's unbelievable. When oh you, yeah. Like and in, you go around, you you drive around Tro- Toronto, Kennedy too, Road. <laughs> how many are it's there? everywhere? Right. It's, it's, <laughs> Everybody needs a mattress. Yeah, yeah. and they're expensive. And good ones tend to be expensive. Mm-hmm. And so, if we could find an optimization there, and if we could find a sweet spot um, that spoke to people and connect with connect to a brand and connect build build that an experience that um, that surpasses what the traditional market space was offering to customers, offer a very clear. Um, Enhancement, uh, or you know, a, a refinement. There was space to play, huh. and and it's a huge blue ocean market space, and the category is so big that even in even with having a lot of robust competitors, you can if you if you're on your horse, you're on your game, you can actually play and compete. Um, we were lucky though, we, we, so speed speed becomes a huge factor. Yeah, speed yeah. to market becomes a huge factor. So. Um, so much of Raj's philosophy uh, and Mike's philosophy, uh, both of them, uh, is built around speed. You know, we, you know, you make so many, like, sometimes in design, like, it's kind of the kind of feel where you want to spend your time and perfect in, yeah. in an ideal scenario, like when you're in school and you have time for your project, whatever, you sit and refine. It's not like that. <laughs> in a hyper-growth company, um, you have to be super fast and agile. You've got to prototype wow. stuff rapidly. You've got to make decisions rapidly. You don't have all day to... In, you, this is where like even working with agencies becomes difficult too because they, and you're subject to their timelines and their, their processes. And yeah. We simply didn't have time. If we even deployed a, a few months after we did, we probably wouldn't be sitting here right now You know, mm-hmm. um, because there's a certain amount of there's a certain window of opportunity you have before the market space closes, right? And yeah. then you just are in, in the, even in those early, early days. So Casper did end up shipping to Canada yeah. uh, eventually, uh, just a few months before we ended up launching. So we mm-hmm. were already in development by then. So we were like, we were ready. But then as soon as they announced they were launching Canada, yeah. I remember the day where I sent an email to everybody on the team at the time and was like, it's on. You know, like it's game on. Like let's now we have like turn the switch on. Yeah, let's set a timeline and we're getting to market. Yeah, and um, and that that was it. You know, we we dropped the hammer and basically hire drive. We had to we had to deploy. We had to launch. We set our date. We set our we launched at the National Home Show. The site had to be complete. So I was literally setting up the display at the National Home Show because. As creative director, I was in charge of the, the final product of the display, but yeah. at the same time, I was also managing the launch of the site. Yeah, it was literally Mike and I sitting in the office at midnight, wow. uh, the day of launch, um, and and just resetting all the DNS settings and domain names and 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 bringing Andy, making Andy public. Yeah, uh, for the first time, and it's it's funny because we're we're relaunching our 2.0 site. Yeah. Um, in the next coming days and so I'm kind of doing a retrospective look at like our early designs and oh, what the wow. website looked like back in the day and it's so crazy man it looks so dated it, I can't <laughs> believe it. I can't believe I actually like 
made that public. <laughs> and it's funny though, you look at all these, all the companies, all these giant conglomerates. Well, the same internet, thing, right? Yeah. You look back at like Google's first page or Facebook's first page, they look like crap. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and you can't believe that they actually deployed and went live with that. But that's that's it. You know, in, in in our world, it's almost the thing. Like, if you wait till things are perfect, you waited too long. Yeah. You know, you gotta continue building a ship while it's already out of the sea. You gotta keep moving. Um, otherwise, you gotta maintain your speed edge. You know, there's just no room. You know, otherwise, people who are shooter, smarter, faster, have more money, they are gonna enter any good market space is gonna get people. It's gonna attract players. Hmm. So, what? You know, strategically now, you know, we're, we're lucky is that, you know, there's still competitors coming to the fort, uh, fold all the time. Sure. But, okay. you know, it's almost now we, we bolster it with, uh, you know, we, we're now we're a bit more seasoned in our in our mm-hmm. ways. Are we, you know, by no means complete. Uh, and we're continuing to be a work in progress by very much so. But, you know, to the new entrants in the market space, they would look at us and say, OK, well, you know. Andy's Andy's a big boy, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, when you compare us to the big mattress retailers that still exist in the Canadian market space, they dominate. You know, we're we're still a online representative represents a fraction of the entire mattress mattress market space. Like, it's still less than ten percent. Yeah. Probably closer to about five percent. And so, when you consider a one point four billion dollar annual industry, mm-hmm. um, the potential is massive, even here locally in Canada. So, the Canadian focus became. You know, very prevalent for us. Yeah, we, we didn't. Um, it wasn't a, a strategy from the outset. Like Andy could have been um, more than just a Canadian, more than a Canadian company. Um, but we made the strategic decision to to just focus on the Canadian market space. In fact, now with our 2.0 launch, we're actually stopping selling entirely in the U.S. We're just going to focus on Canada. Oh, really? Yep. Okay, uh, and it's just a strategic business move. It's uh, I think for us the focus, the laser focus, will allow us to continue our work and focus on on our specific market base and not uh-huh. um, dilute our our, our energy um, from a brand standpoint. Uh, and and allows us, I think, also the opportunity to become leaders in like in. Toronto is a, a hotly contested market space because it's the biggest market in Canada. But when you go into the secondary and tertiary markets in the country, you can start to see that, you know, Casper is not really known in those areas. And, and uh, you know, ND has the opportunity to become a Canadian, story. A Canadian star brand that lead, that's leading, really leading this segment yeah, uh, of yeah. e-commerce mattress buying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you asked about the name. Yeah. You're ND. curious about the name? Um, I didn't come up with a name yeah uh, Raj and Mike did they, they were looking up names for sleep companies you know, <laughs> as, as they were con- conceiving of the company and um, I think they landed on like they're just doing random like they went down a wormhole of you know Wikipedia and researching and like just you know yeah, what domain is available yeah <laughs> and stuff like that um, and they came across this they wanted something short short okay. and kind of clippy and techy kind of sounding um, so that was one one element of decision making, and uh-huh. then the other one was something to do with sleep, of course, right? And, yeah. And uh, so Andy is short for Andy Mion or Andy Myon, okay, who is a figure in Greek legend, uh-huh. um, Greek Greek folk, uh, ancient Greek folklore. Uh, he was an admirer of the moon goddess Luna, huh. and uh, became enamored, and and her likewise. And uh, there's different variations of the story, but it kind of ends with him Zeus 
her her father Zeus putting him into uh, an eternal slumber. You know, either it's it's like a tongue in cheek negative kind of tragic thing where you know she can she can never you know he's always sleeping, yeah. or uh, or like you know in a nice way in, it's more like you can kind of spin it that you know he's an internal slumber f- so that she can she never has to see him uh-huh. you know, be um, die right uh-huh. uh, he's immortal immortal that way uh, so yeah cool little back oh, story behind the name interesting um, so he's kind of like what did we say on our website it's like kind of the original sleeping beauty you know okay uh, so a cool little cool little thing we haven't really done that much with it from a like you know brand standpoint yeah but it's a cool little story yeah, yeah. no it, it's, it's it sort of cool. fits yeah it fits to the it brand actually, yeah when you like in branding you think of um, archetypes right like stories and narratives yeah that, uh, that that teach you kind of uh, make a brand relatable you know like uh, you can have like the rebel archetype or the hero archetype or the warrior you know like there's so many different um, kind of stories and narratives that we you know we learn through you know, we experience life through um, and so you know this kind of these I think you know the ancient Greek that, that kind of helped me even form that 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 abstract thinking of archetypes and thinking about story and like figuring out making kind of high level dis- conceptual decisions around which archetypes we would invoke into our brand mm-hmm. and uh, and that influences us right like you know early on we're like the rebel you know we're like a, le- a rebel brand now we're you know we can be I try to think of us more as like you know like a champ brand you know like a mm-hmm. like a like a star brand yeah um, there's all different ways to kind of think about it which is important from a brand thinking design standpoint uh, because we can infuse that you know, you know that just that life and energy and emotion into it, mm-hmm. right? which I think makes, you know, besides just spending on marketing and putting impressions in front of people, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the messages still have to connect, you know. Um, that's you know, so we try to. I try very concertedly to ground the company in a very sound design foundation. So like sound design principles, sound sound brand thinking principles that really well you know it's it's like you look at the companies out there that have built brands like like a Starbucks sure. or like a Coke or you know what are the markers that indicate that, that that a brand is developed and out there and it's almost like you can almost work it back you know mm-hmm. and there's you have to understand it on the spectrum of development like you, you have an upstart early company that nobody's ever heard of before yeah and now, you know, just prior to our conversation, we met the people who were in the booth in the studio last, and yeah. they, they had heard about the company, they'd seen the ads, and that's still trippy to me, like, because we just started the company a couple of years ago, but, you know, part of that, a large part of that, and probably most of it, is the fact that there's, we're spending on ads, and they're everywhere, yeah. you know, online and, and offline, yeah, uh, yeah. on the transit system, in Toronto, and, and other places around the country. But part of that, even even if it's a small part, part of that is that I think people are connecting to the brand on a design level you know on, a, on mm. a, an intrinsic design level there's an appreciation for um, you know to me advertising is a is a dialogue with an audience you know it's not you're not you can you you can completely shout at people and scream your head off that yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and it and it can work you know and uh, 
but you can also, if you're going to be a company that knows you're going to be advertising a lot and you're going to be participating in the, in the advertising landscape, that that's that's a public landscape. You know that that the space belongs to everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think as designers and, and the people who are creating these ads, it's it's almost like you have like if you're doing it in a conscientious way and in a thoughtful way, you have a responsibility to do that in a in a very nuanced in, in a very um, considered way mm-hmm. you know uh, where you don't have to scream at people you don't have to talk down to people you can have a, a really great dialogue with people and, and even um, I think some of the best advertising actually elevates and, and entertains right it becomes something that you know uh, you can you can really gravitate towards and form an association with right and it's like you know okay if, um, that brand ha- projects values that you resonate with and so you, hmm. you you have that ability to kind of connect with it, you know. Even if it's on a subliminal level, um, there's something about that versus that. It's like a, I don't know if you've met, read uh, Gladwell, Blink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the power of per- first impression, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, and we, that fact that we do judge the book by its cover. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, it's, it's it's the same principles at work when it comes to branding. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and your first impressions of a company when you go on, One through, on to the yeah when you go onto the website or you know there's mm-hmm. a power of what they're doing so even if their site is crappy if you really want what they're selling you're still gonna yeah go through the the process of buying from them but it but it makes it so much better when that experience resonates with you and it's an experience sure. that you expect yeah. and it's cool because it's like the best brands actually just feel natural you know mm-hmm. like you almost forget that there's a, probably a whole team of people that are that are involved in making it feel supernatural. Mm-hmm. Like, su- not supernatural, but very natural. No, no, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like, you know, we're staring across the street at, at Subway, you know. Yeah. You don't really think about, like, Subway is just part of the landscape. You know, you, everywhere you go, you see Subway. And, but, it, but that's created, you know. That's somebody's theory. Mm. That's, that, that's now, every, everything is somebody's theory. Um, it's that's you know it's so cool when you kind of consider like everything around us is has has been made with that level of consideration. That's that's I've never thought of it that way. Um, I'm I'm curious about the 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 perception that people are not going to buy a mattress on the internet. Mm. It just does. It just it. I see the opportunity, but I, 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 I would I wouldn't. I mean, obviously, I, I, I've, I I'm a customer, so yeah. so obviously, you know, I, I understand that aspect. But just just the thought that are people going to like? Do we want to be the first mover when we don't even know if people are actually going to buy this huge thing online? Yeah, I think I think you hit right on the nail with when you when you talked about first mover. Yeah, you know? so. There, there's a segment of society that will, and, and this, you know, this is taught in every business school, is uh-huh. like you know the adoption curve, product adoption curve, right? And you have your early adopters, and then you have your, you know, secondary, mm-hmm. you know, you have your innovators, you have your early adopters, and then you know, and then the curve gets bigger and bigger as you get towards mass consumption level. Yeah. And then there's also an interesting phenomenon about crossing the chasm too, when usually a lot of businesses they say fall into the chasm of of um, transcending 
early early adoption to mass adoption mm -hmm. and a lot of business can falter there right and 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 by no means are again you know by no means am i saying are we out of the woods and we're into the mass consumption level we mm. are still very much a, a new company and we're very much pushing towards towards that yeah yeah um and we have to stay laser focused and on our on our horse about that um but you know i think it's I think, like in terms of, so so you'll have a segment of the population that is willing to just kind of take a chance. You know, they they, they see something new. Sure. They want to be the first. They you know like yeah. We know we know people like this, right? We know people that are like always has like the coolest new gadgets. I think that's one of the reasons Kickstarter was yeah. became so huge. A lot of people are like from our own community of businesses and you know business people, entrepreneurs, yeah. startup guys. Um, we used to go to I used to go talk at tech conferences and talk to developers and, mm -hmm. go and try to do Shopify talks and go to agencies that, you know, yeah, yeah. did our early work. And, um, we try to just, we would give them promo codes because like, every, again, everybody needs a mattress. So yeah. it's like, those are the people who are already like using Uber and already ordering food from Foodora and ah. they're already shopping online on Amazon and Groupon. And so, they're already accustomed to e-commerce. And so our strategic focus from a marketing perspective really is early days is completely geared towards them. And don't, uh, you know, like we, it was, it was tough. You know, it, it's tough to gain market traction yeah. with a new business that nobody's ever heard of. We were also very lucky that we had another powerhouse U.S., startup that was doing casper. a lot of educating in the market i think casper really. played a big role in, in in that huge you can't deny um you know as much as they're a competitor there's a there's a there's a genuine respect for yeah. the fact that uh you know there's just they're doing a lot of work they're spending a lot of money advertising and educating and the it's helping base. you and and we get a lot of drafting benefit from that i'll tell you one thing that every time i hear their ad on canada land uh when when, when their ad gets read out um, Jesse Brown will always say, "Proudly made in America," and, and I'm thinking, "You, you, I, I would have bought if you didn't say that." <laughs> no, honestly, because I'm like, really proudly, like, why would I care? Like, if I was gonna choose a, a mattress company, I said, "You've just defaulted me to choose Andy." Like, just defaulted me. You could have said you're way better than them, yeah. but you've just defaulted me because I'm like, I'm, I, I'm, I would. This is just me. I would rather support. A Canadian brand that's doing exactly what you're doing, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and by Canadian, than than by American. It, it just for me, it, it didn't make sense. Yeah. And especially in these days, um, I, I think I think the Made in Canada story is a very powerful one. Yeah, I I have to agree with you. I've seen it in my actual experience. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've seen it have have the traction. Um, it's actually interesting because it's not something that we had figured out from the outset. Yeah. Like it was something that de developed very organically mm -hmm. um, just through trying trying different ads and trying different approaches. Uh, and we really zeroed in on this as, as our unique, I guess our new, unique positioning in yeah. the marketplace is that, you know, really, you know, we're kind of laying laying a couple of, key theories uh, in the groundwork is that one is that you know this this is going to become a permanent category in the mattress market e-commerce yeah. uh, buying online uh, that's one assumption and the second is that there will be a Canadian star brand leading this 
then the third assumption is that who is that going to be? You know, like, and, and that's where it's like either we step up to the plate and become that, or we don't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or, or somebody else will. You know. Sure. 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 Um, sure. Uh, because the because the business concept is so compelling, there will be there will be a Canadian star brand doing this. Mm-hmm. It, now it becomes up to us to become that or falter and and not do that. And so that's really where it, I've focused a lot of energy is that, you know, really positioning us and championing us as that, as the answer, to, as the Canadian answer to this, mm. you know? And I think that level of clarity really helps helps us figure out who we are. We've kind of done, like... Um, some really great in, in like introspective work on our brand identity uh, quite recently, and it, and it's wonderful when you get an opportunity to do that. Like not every brand gets a chance to like to do this because they're you know these sessions are expensive and these consultants are really expensive. And <laughs> they're really great. Um, it, it's amazing to get a chance to, to have a project that's worth you know almost worthy of these kind of uh, exercises. Yeah. But when you do get to do them, I mean, these are the things you kind of dream about in design school, right? Like kind of chilling in this kick-ass King West studio, you know. All kinds of awesome sunlight pouring in, and just like there's just whiteboards everywhere, and like where everyone's just jamming, and, and like amazing creative sessions with some of the most talented um, creative minds in the city. Um, that's that's when you kind of sit back and you're just like, damn, this is sick. Like this is really really cool, and we get to, we're getting an opportunity to really framework something that could be um, a company that all Canadians can be proud of, mm-hmm. as and a, a benchmark for what. Um, a new business, new new star business can look like in in our country, right? And and this kind of goes back to the whole U.S. versus Canada is like, you know, these concepts are going to get done. You know, in in, in a hyper competitive business landscape, yeah, somebody's going to do it. You know, some somebody's going to have the ambition to go out and do it. If we always just defer to our U.S. neighbors mm-hmm. um, and business people to lead these initiatives in in our country. Mm-hmm. What are we? What are we leaving ourselves with? Right. Yeah. What opportunities are we leaving ourselves with? Because it's it's not an inf- well. I mean, in some ways, it can be considered an infinite landscape. Like there's always going to be new ideas coming to yeah, the yeah, forefront. Yeah. But in certain categories, there's not like there's going to be a few players, right? Like in in our category, when the dust settles, there's probably going to be a handful of companies doing this long term. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it's as as Canadian born. Toronto-born Scarborough kid, you know, growing up in the city and living in the city, and making my home. I'm very proud that we nice. are able to um, stand our ground uh, and develop companies here that have a world-class ambition and that will put Canada on the map for you know for the startup scene and for mm-hmm. for for any kind of ambition, business ambition. Because I mean, uh, not even beyond business, right? Like any kind of um, initiatives and drives that that you know in an area where if if we were ever feeling like you know like it's not a it's not an unknown thing that like people people openly talk about the fact that canadian e-commerce lags in canada compared to the u.s you know like you hear this and sure in in business writing and and things like that and we if we don't change it if we're the guys who are like running these companies and uh, in in the mix of all these things if we're not the ones to change it then who's gonna do it yeah. yeah 
Well, I almost feel like no, nobody will really. Mm -hmm. We, we, we have somebody has to kind of take it upon themselves to to do it. Okay. And so, you no, know, I think, I think we're you know we're poised to to do that. You know, yeah. with, with with our with our segment with our company, uh, in our space, we're we're not going to shy away from that challenge. Yeah. I'll put it that way. So I buy a mattress. Yeah. You guys got a ten year warranty, I believe, on it. Um. But it's going to last 15 years, right? Yeah. 10, 15 years. Yeah. Um, you guys used to sell pillows, and I was I was ready to buy a pillow <laughs> for, for Casimir's bed. But they, they're back. They're back. Are they back? They're back. Okay. So and pillows. they're back, in there, and they've gone through um, some really cool product refinements. Too. All right. So we'll have to talk pillows. fully adjustable so, now. So what's, what sort of... The, the other stuff you guys are like I don't know if you're allowed to say it or not no yeah. one listens to this podcast <laughs> so you can tell secrets if you wanted to but but what what, what else is there besides yeah, besides mattresses because it makes, seems there needs to be more yeah well actually, so number one we are going to stay very focused uh, in sure. terms of defining what Envy is and what we do yeah, because yeah. we are not resigning to ourselves to the fact that we've built our brand we are continuing to build our brand yeah, we're yeah. still in the brand building phase uh, and he's still not a household name, you know, and, and we're enough. not going to sit around and try to kid ourselves. Like we've, we were very pleased with the early success that we've had, but we by no means are, think we've finished the job. So in that sense, we're staying very focused to defining who we are. And we think strategically the best way to do that is to be very focused in terms of our, what we sell. So if we start selling like sheets and bed frames and this and that, all the sleep products, then what are we? Are we a mattress company or are we a sleep product company? What differentiates us at mm. that point? You know, when, so you start, in our, in our estimation, you start to cloud um, who you are and your identity when you start to introduce products too early in your brand adoption cycle, right? So that's just, that's just our theory and our opinion and our strategy. It, mm. Not, I'm not, you know, applying any universal business principles to us. This is just in our approach, you know? Okay. Our approach is to stay laser focused. Make sure it's a very crystal clear to our audience who we are, what we do, what we sell. And once we nail that, and once we have the privilege of being accepted into, you know, the, as a household name, you know, if you start seeing indie ads on the boards at the Leaf game, and, you know, if you start seeing commercials... During half, you know, during the intermission, mm -hmm. then then it's a different bit of a different story. And then you know we've built up a bit of that trust and credibility, and we've built up some brand equity uh, at that stage. And there, I see an opportunity to really start to expand our product offering. Um, but we're not going to rush. But basically, you know, we've seen some of our competitors rush into this mm. and offer, start offering uh, multiple products and, uh, and delving into other sleep products. Was in our estimation, that's a misstep. Were Pillow pillows an extension of yeah, the mattress? Pillow, pillows just made so, so much sense as an accessory. Plus, um, as a background story, Mike, uh, our CEO, um, had one of his biggest uh, personal projects as, as a business was a pillow company. Really? So he had, he had such an expertise in pillows. just made sense for us to introduce it. Plus, it's just such a great complimentary product. So we did, we did kind of break our rule for pillows. <laughs> um, fair. But I think... We, I mean, even designing the the new site, uh, I can I can even tell you like nobody's seen it yet, but um, it's very focused on the mattress. Still, our signature Fair product, enough. like ND, um, is identifiable as a mattress company. I w I'm, I'm, it's safe to say. Yeah. You know? 
um, like you, we're not going to start putting our pillows on our TDC ads. We'll like we'll show like I think mm-hmm. some of our ads are it's just a cutout of mattress, no words. Um, it's literally just a graphic, yeah, photograph like cropped photograph of a mattress on a pink background. It's pretty sweet, you know. Um, I don't see us doing that with stuff, that kind of stuff with a pillow. Yeah, you know? uh, and the first and foremost is going to be we're going to have it. We'd like it recognized as a mattress company because it allows us to focus and, and kind of cut such a cluttered market space and such a cluttered like this is just one product that people need to buy there's you're we're seeing more ads and thousands of ads every day from everything under the sun right yeah we're the most highly ad, like heavily advertised we've ever been mm. so you know i think it, that level of clarity and focus is important for a brand to just trying to break through and have its voice heard um you know, even if you are spending the most on the TDC and having the most ads there, still, like, you know, when what happens when you know when you're bombarded with ads all day, you you just you tune out, right? Fair enough. And so it's hard enough to for even big established brands to get through that clutter. For a new upstart brand, it's, it's even hundred times even yeah. harder, right? So, um, like, what is Endy? You know, people are like, oh, Endy, I never heard of this. Like, what yeah. is it? Right? You want that clear association, like. Uh, to me, you want that clear association. You want like Andy. Oh yeah, it's that mattress company. You know, yeah. simple as that. And if we start to build up that, mm-hmm. then and if we start to become household with that, I think then we're we're on to something big. You nice. Know? Then 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 I think then you ha- you afford yourself some freedom to then offer some extra products in there and and start to expand your product. What did um, appearing on Dragons Den do for the brand? Oh, that was awesome. That was really really cool. It's one of our 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 key most important marketing pieces already did a great job with the pitch yeah uh, i think he we we all we all think he hit it out of the park um and then even you know the strategy team and repurpose that and and and, uh, and and use that as a as a marketing piece i think was also it's also interesting like uh, for for all marketers who are listening like you know that secondary push that you get from any of those those types of opportunities is uh-huh. really important so so be sure that's almost more important than the initial piece because yeah. a lot i mean the dragon's den it's got a great brand equity it's got a great um reputation there and it's it's got a wide wide audience and wide viewership but mm. a lot of people don't even distinguish it's funny you didn't mention that it's dragon's den next gen that's right um which is their web series yeah um and i, that, I think that's it's interesting because it's like uh it almost shows the power of the brand like it doesn't really matter that it was on the web series yeah just yeah. having the name dragon's den there um kind of elevates it right and and it's an eye opener for people, and so that's pretty cool. Um, I think that that affirmation association is really cool. Um, it was interesting, even some of the numbers to discuss there. So people kind of started to see the early scale and scope of the company. Yeah. What's crazy is that, like those numbers that Ari was talking about during that segment, old numbers, like. Pff, like <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't get into specifics, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we, um, yeah, they're really old. Nice. Um, and uh, no, and and and, and so no, it's it's a great. It was a great learning exercise for the whole company in terms of how it's being received. There was some interesting commentary coming from the, the dragons and some interesting little tidbits that yeah, yeah. actually you know uh, helped our business, helped us focus. Um, and and so and then Harley, uh, you know, he's one of the direct directors of Shopify. So did he end up investing at all? He didn't. No. Okay. No. Uh, that was weird, though. His comments when I watched that yeah. episode were really strange. I, I like them. I, th- I think they need help, but they can't <laughs> use my help. Or I thought it was really interesting that he was a director of Shopify, 
and you kind of cited us as uh, not not a tech company, but a product company, yeah. you know, a mattress company, or a bed company. I think is his exact words. And I thought he was a bit short sighted in the sense that like we're not, you can't really compare a company like ND to like us opening a store on King Street. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in Toronto uh, and a brick and mortar store. Like e commerce is a different beast, you know. And fine, it's not as scalable. I will, you know, hundred percent agree. It's not as scalable as a tech company like a slack or you know sure 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 or an airbnb of course uh you know like some of the big big time tech valuations that have happened uh recently and he's not that yeah um but it is scalable um if you can scale on the supply chain and production side uh if you can scale the brand um it's it's well beyond the capabilities of what a typical store could do so um, I, I thought that that characterization was a bit interesting coming from one of the direct executives from Shopify, but but that's cool. You know, uh, the thing is, you know, it's fuel for us. Like, yeah. it's motivation for us to, like, prove people wrong, and, and that's cool. Like, um, as far as I'm concerned, Raj is just as qualified to be on that panel as, as, any, as any of those dragons. Yeah. Uh, and so I feel very... Uh, pleased that we have like essentially our own personal dragon that's yeah. at the helm of our company and guiding us and mentoring us. And is he back this. in Toronto? Is there yeah, still? Yeah, oh, yeah. Raj has okay. moved back to Toronto, uh, and he's really excited to um, found a series of projects. Um, and so, um, no, I, I, I'm excited to see what what the vision is and and uh, what what we're going to be able to do. Uh, hopefully, we we build a suite of ND companies like ND. You know, um, that would be that would be amazing thank, thank you so much for coming in it's my pleasure Karim thanks for having me man this was a great chat <laughs>